Another thing wealthy people do is they go out and use debt to create wealth. I borrowed money to make down payments on more apartment buildings. And within eight years, we owned 50, five zero units from the original three units we purchased. All of that started from that $18,000 I saved over three years, starting at age 50. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Rennie. It's fabulous to have you joining me today. Oh, thank you, Samantha. We're going to have some fun. We are going to have some fun. I'm finally glad that we're chatting because this has been something that's been in the pipeline. I think we've been trying to get together for, oh, gosh, over a year. But we've made it happen and that's all that counts. (laughs) That's all that matters. You're from Wealth on Any Income, which I think is a really cool name for a business to start with. Why don't you start off sharing a little bit about how you got to be here today because your story is just phenomenal and I know that it's just a really great place to start. Oh, thank you. It's uh, Well, I struggled with money most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't learned the basics uh, in terms of how to do uh, a budget or income and expense reports. Um, and, you know, hey, nine out of 10 people don't know how to handle money effectively. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be all that embarrassing for anyone. The difference being, I was chartered as a life underwriter and certified as a financial planner. Oh, I didn't know that little tiny detail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. just changes the whole conversation, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. See, but what? here's one of the things I discovered. Besides nine out of 10 people, uh, well, okay, no. This is, Let me put you on the spot here. Okay. <laughs> so we'll start that way. Uh, do you recall when you were of high school age mm-hmm. that your parents sat down with you and instructed you on how <laughs> to handle money effectively? Oh, they definitely did not. <laughs> okay, fine. No. So, so you fit in the nine out of 10. Uh-huh. Um, do you recall some class that you took when you were of high school age where a teacher, a class, a program taught the students how to handle money effectively? No, that is not a thing. Okay. So in other words, your parents can't teach you what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Teachers can't teach what they've never learned. Uh-huh. And it gets worse. As a certified financial planner, I was not taught the basics of handling money effectively either. Mm-hmm. And I've interviewed hundreds of CPAs and asked them if they recalled this in their coursework and certified public accountants said no. No. So it's sort of like, well, wait a second. Where does the public turn to for help? They mm. turn to the online gurus or, you know, whatever. And that's just, that's inefficient. And, you know, not everyone has heard of Susie Orman or Dave Ramsey or other people who talk about similar things to me. I do have some differences with them, but the point is, people aren't getting anything. Mm, That's exactly right. Financial planners are, and I didn't even realize this until just recently, financial planners are taught to sell products, right? And not actually how to help you manage your money. And 
Right. Yeah. I didn't realize that. <laughs> but but that that comes from the training and education. It's let's talk about annuities or life insurance or limited partnerships or uh, triple net leases or, you know, oil and gas deals or cryptocurrencies or, you know, here, buy this because that'll help you reach your goals because they get paid based on commissions. Absolutely. So at what point in your career did you realize, wh wh what was your aha moment that made you realize, oh my goodness, I, this, uh, there's <laughs> a, a uh, something's not right here. Yeah. Um, I w it was, I, I was around age 40 when I realized uh, it doesn't matter how much more money I make, I'm going deeper and deeper into debt. And it was sort of like when I got out of college and, and I started teaching school, I was short by about $100 a month. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so I left that and went into sales, made twice as much money, and now I'm short $200 a month. Uh, <laughs> yep. And then when I passed 100000 a year in income, I was short $2,000 a month. Mm. And so it finally dawned on me that making more money is not the answer. And this is a little bit embarrassing. I'm certified as a financial planner. I've got these designations. I'm supposed to know all this stuff about money. And I realized it's my training was about helping people protect or enhance their wealth, not how to create it. And so I realized, first off, I'm not handling what's coming in effectively. And I went into a 12-step program called Debtors Anonymous. Wow. I didn't even know that was a thing. Most people don't. I mean, most people are aware of Alcoholics Anonymous, mm -hmm. but this is a program called Debtors Anonymous for people who just don't feel they can handle money well. And that's where I learned how to do a personal budget. Okay. Obviously, there is a lot more to you know, this, you, you realized that you didn't need to earn more money. You had a, you realized you needed a budget. Most of us know that we need a budget. What's the difference between knowing you need a budget and what you learned about creating a budget? That is such a beautiful question, Samantha. <laughs> I have them occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me, okay. Let me ask you another question that deals with knowing and knowledge. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's two parts. Is there anyone, you know, who you would consider seriously obese? Yes. Okay. Do you think now this is about knowledge. Mm -hmm. Do you think they know what it takes to <laughs> lose weight? You know, when you first, but you didn't even need to finish that sentence and I knew where you were going. Absolutely, they do. Everyone knows that. But so, so what, once you knew, once you put your budget together, what had to change for you then to put that into practice? That was a, that was a beautiful metaphor, by the way. Thank you. It was the support of a 12 step program in that I didn't have to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I say over and over, my quote is, wealth creation is a team sport, not a solo sport. Mm -hmm. And so the point is, in a 12-step program, like Alcoholics Anonymous, you've got other people to support you in staying sober, people who might only be one step ahead of you on the journey. And it keeps them sober by helping you stay sober. And the point being, 
that simple process keeps people alive who might otherwise have killed themselves. Okay, so in re- in regards to the team for the financial support, are you talking purely accountability buddies, accountability partners like that, or are you talking team of people that are actually able to help you like accountants or or whoever they might be, or is it a mixture of both? It's a mixture of both. The people who are they're they're not financial experts. Mm-hmm. They're people who've struggled the same way that I had and came up with the solutions. And then they share those solutions with me. And they have a thing called a pressure group where two people get together with you to go over your finances, how you're spending your money, asking you questions about, are you getting the level of satisfaction from where this is going? Uh, what would you like to change? What do you want? What, what could you do to enhance your income? What could you do to reduce your expenses? And you've got this support and it's not coming from a place of a blame or shame or being made wrong. It's coming from a place that they want to support you to be able to do better. And it's just a a terrific environment. So that's where I learned it. And I'll ask you another question. I said the the thing of, there was two parts about, uh, you know, you need to do a budget. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So let's say you didn't know how to swim. Mm -hmm. And I threw you in a swimming pool and said, okay, Samantha, swim. Would you be able to do it? Okay. So that's how I did learn to swim, but I'm not sure the answer you're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's exactly how I learned to swim because there was no way I was going to (laughs) drown. Okay. Well, congratulations because (laughs) most people would have really struggled and might have drowned because telling someone to swim isn't any better than telling someone to budget. Actually, That's let me give an you instruction. an instruction. Let me give you an extra little piece to that then because and this is where I think you were going. Yes, I can now swim, but it is no Olympic level swimming. I can tell you it is a very ugly way of swimming. It's not <laughs> <laughs> it is purely keeping head above water and moving. So I guess using that same metaphor you know, how how do we want to be doing this? Do we want to be just keeping our head above water and struggling constantly or do we want it to be easy and do we want it to flow? Because I know that I would rather swim better, I'd rather be better at knowing my numbers too. Exactly. And if you took some lessons from someone who knew how to teach swimming, you would absolutely improve. And it's the same thing with handling your money. It's not about telling someone they need to budget. And I mean, I've heard CPAs tell their clients that all the time. It's ridiculous because they're not instructing them how to do it. Mm, mm. I'd love to ask a personal question because I, I feel that a lot of people have a lot of shame around asking for help around money. It's something that- oh, yeah. As an, as adults, it's not something that some of us need to deal with. It's something that every single one of us need to deal with. And, you know, there's a feeling of, I should know this. There's a lot of shame. <laughs> what did you personally need to overcome to actually go and ask for the help? Cause I'm sure that there's more than one person listening right now that wants to know the answer to that. Uh, and, and that's correct. Another great question. What I discovered was that. I was a latchkey child growing up, which Mm -hmm. meant I came home and there were no parents there to take care of me. So, you know, this five, six-year-old child 
made up this idea that uh, he would have to be responsible for himself, which meant if there's no parents around and no one to help me, if I don't do it, you know, it's not going to happen. And there's no point. Now, this is the other part. There's no point asking for help because there's no one even there. So then you get to, you know, age 35 or 40, but you've got the attitude of a five-year-old child running a 40-year-old body. Does not work. And I became aware of why I was unwilling to ask for help. Mm, such an amazing insight. So cool. And, and that changed everything. I was willing to ask for help. I asked for help. And I got to tell you, the world turned around. Getting back to my example of being $2,000 a month short when I went into Debtors Anonymous, not only did I eliminate the $2,000 a month shortage and was able to live within my means, my income jumped by 50%. It's wow. as though the universe said, oh, now that we see you know how to handle money, we will give you more of it. Uh-huh. How long was it from the time that you started on this journey to that time that your income did uh, jump by 50%? Oh, it happened within 12 months. Wow. Yeah. It was so, fast. Yeah. So in that 12 months, did you go through the whole 12 steps? And second, I'd love you to share some of these 12 steps to help us understand what some of the things are that we need to do after we've put our budget together? Well, one of the things, what, I mean, you know, it's been so many years since I did this. Hey, I, I, this is 30 something years ago we're talking mm -hmm. about. And I haven't been in the program for over 20 years. So um, the first one is a recognition that it's beyond my ability to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. And so that's where we're talking about being willing to ask for help. And then the help shows up, you know, and then there's the other thing about making amends. Uh, you know, if you've done something not nice to someone, you need to go and clean it up. And this is not to seek their approval. Mm -hmm. This is just to clean up messes of the past. Yeah. Yeah. Credit card companies I might not have paid back, money I might have borrowed from someone else and not repaid. You know, whether they're paid back or not is irrelevant, but at least it's an acknowledgement of what's happened. Yeah. Love it. So once once you've you're in a place where you've got all that sorted, your income's jumped to fifty percent. Let's let's really focus here because this is where your life really turned around. And just before we jump in to this a little bit more, I know that you're in a position now, and you do donate one hundred percent of the profits of your business to a charity. And I think that ugh, just how many of us would love to be able to do that, to donate 100% of our profits to charity? You know, as coaches, we do what we do because we have such a big heart. And the idea of being able to be in a position where we could live the life that we wanted and to be able to create that sort of impact just blows my mind. What? Where did you even start? Where did you even get the idea that you wanted to be in a position where you could donate 100% of your profits? Because <laughs> when I saw this, I'm going to be brutally honest, when I saw this, the very first thing I thought was, how do you live? Yeah, well, I was going to say that that's a question people ask me. Yeah. So wait a second. If you're giving up 100% of the profits from your business, how do you support yourself? Uh -huh. Well, that gets to 
how when this major transformation took place, and that was at age 50. Mm-hmm. I was now divorced for the second time. Uh, I'd had a business failure. I'm broke. I, I, I don't think I could have put together $3,000 if my life depended on it. And I'm sitting and I'm thinking, well, I'm 50 years of age. In 15 years, which, you know, it's, if you think about retirement, I don't use that word, but, you know, to help illustrate the point, in 15 years, am I going to be eating tuna or am I going to be eating cat food to survive? That's not a good, not a good mental space to be in. Exactly. Have you heard of the expression, pay yourself first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's what the expression, pay yourself first means. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter where your money comes from. It could be a paycheck. It could be commissions. It could be royalties. It could be rent. It doesn't make any difference. Wherever your income is coming from, you take a portion of that mm-hmm. and you set it aside, let's say 10%. Mm-hmm. And you set it aside first to keep for the rest of your life. You don't use it to pay groceries. You don't use it to pay utilities. You don't use it to make a mortgage or rent payment. You set it aside to keep for the rest of your life. And that's the money you use to make investments that generate an income so you can choose to work instead of having to work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I did that starting at age 50. I was earning $5,000 a month. That's why it's called Wealth on, the book is Wealth on Any Income. My podcast is Wealth on Any Income. My website is Wealth on Any Income. So just in case no one's got it, look up Wealth on Any Income. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I'm earning $5,000 a month. That's not a lot of money. I'm setting aside $500 a month. And in three years, by age 53, I'd saved up $18,000. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, and it isn't a lot, but my wife, I'm married for the third time, has this realtor, and he says, I found this wonderful three-unit property we should buy, or you should buy. I said, oh, that's great. I got $18,000. I don't have the $72,000 to make the down payment. Uh So my wife said, well, I'll come up with $36,000. And the realtor said, okay, and I'll come up. No, she came up with 18. I had 18. He came up with 36. So the three of us bought it. In six years, that $18,000 was worth 125,000. The property grew in value by half a million dollars in six years. Wow. And I could see this is working. So another thing wealthy people do is they go out and use debt to create wealth. Mm -hmm. So I borrowed money to make down payments on more apartment buildings with my wife and this realtor. And within eight years, we owned 50, five zero units. Wow. The original three units we purchased. Wow. That just blows my mind. Well, I'm working seven days a week, but in seven to eight years, I now don't have to work again the rest of my life. So you're living on the proceeds of the money that's working for you. Exactly. I've got the rental income. I've got triple net leases. I've got oil and gas investments. I've got limited partnerships in office buildings. I've done peer-to-peer lending. All of that started from that $18,000 I saved over three years, starting at age 50. I can see that coming from so many different things. One is just getting into the habit of saving, but from someone that is 
a little bit spiritual as well, I feel that there's like that, you know, there's an energetic shift there. Um, there's, you know, it, like you said, the universe is saying, okay, you've done this. I'm going to reward you. Let's give you the first challenge and see how you do with this. I feel like that just, you know, saying this is what I'm going to do. It's, it might seem like a little thing, but I'm committing to this could have really great starts. And it's like, it's like anything, right? It's just the, the first step's the hardest and then you've been able to move along. Once you bought that first apartment, where did you get your information to be able to do all of those other things that you talked about? And the reason I'm asking this is because I feel, and I know this personally, how do you know who to trust and how do you know who to ask? Well, um, I learned what I needed to do to succeed with the property from a class I took at UCLA 14 years earlier. Had this idea that multi-unit property ownership would be a good idea. I had taken this class. It was taught by a school teacher, by the way, at UCLA. I mean, you know, he taught junior high school students and taught this class at UCLA about how to manage or profit from apartment buildings. And here, 14 years later, I have the opportunity to put that information to use. How did I trust the people? Well, one of them was my wife. <laughs> oh, you better trust her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other one was this realtor who she'd been working with for like 14 years. And so, you know, his trust was transferred to me from my wife. And so the three of us actually worked very well together for the next 10 years. And then we bought him out. Love that. And do you still use partnerships like that to move your investments forward? Or is that a strategy that you don't use as much now because of where you are? Yeah, I don't use it as much now because of where I am. The, the properties are just owned by my wife and myself. We have a level of wealth now that it doesn't need to, well, it grows anyway, but we don't have to do anything more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in regards to investments, um, how much of what you invest in has come from like what you're understanding? So, for example, cryptocurrency is something that's big, you know, that gets talked about a lot right now. Is that something that you would or wouldn't go with, like, you know, would you listen to people and say, yeah, I'm going to go with that or I don't actually understand it. So I'm going to put my money into something I understand. Like, what's the balance there? Uh, the balance is. 99% of the money is in areas I understand because of my education and training uh, and experience. Um, cryptocurrencies is something I understand. And I'm actually looking right now at putting in $5,000. And if it does well, terrific. If I lose it all, it doesn't matter. It's literally irrelevant. And that's how I approach the cryptocurrency space. Now, I know people who've got hundreds of thousands of dollars of value in cryptocurrencies. One of the, well, let's see, no, one of them is one of the people in my course. He decided to do cryptocurrencies. I think he put in about $12,000 and it's probably worth close to $200,000 now. Mm -hmm. So it's paid off very well for him. I'm somewhere between what he's done and Warren Buffett, who says it's not real. <laughs> it's not <laughs> the thing right we need to come up with our own our own answers and it's about listening to other people but then figuring out where we sit you it, know yes. 
I think that's really important. What I was also hearing there is that as business owners, and, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, because I've just sort of come up with this as you were speaking, that we should be putting time aside to be researching investments and that is actually part of the time that we're spending, like I put this in air quotes, in our business. That part of our business time should be researching investments so that we can move that money into there to look after us. That's an excellent insight. And it's funny because uh, when I was younger, I owned a pension administration company with two other partners. Again, it's the same concept of wealth creation is a team sport. The three of us built up the company. We sold it off to a public company. But what I noticed is the clients that we were working with who were the wealthiest had taken money from their business and invested in real estate. Mm -hmm. They might have owned the land that their uh, manufacturing plant was on. They may have owned uh, apartment buildings. Uh, they have maybe owned the buildings in an office park where they were located. It, it just seemed like the wealthiest clients that I saw, you know, from my limited view, were people who were wealthy because of real estate. And so that's what I decided to emulate. Yeah, look so so really looking at who are the people that are that are doing well and emulating what they did. Yeah. And it's sort of like they were successful in business and they took the money outside of the business, you know, to have it work for them outside. Um I could think of all sorts of things that they did as well that, you know, it's too much for us to go into here. And I realized one of the things that I forgot to complete was the concept when I was saying ordinary people make statements when they hear familiar information like pay yourself first. And so that's the difference between the ordinary thinking or the wealthy mindset. When a wealthy person hears familiar information like pay yourself first, instead of making a statement like I've heard of that, mm -hmm. they will ask questions like, hmm, how does that fit my situation? Or where would I put the money? Or who can help me with that? And that's the difference. They ask questions when they hear familiar information instead of making statements. And those answers lead them to the results that produce success. Mm, I love that. Asking resourceful questions is the way forward in anything, I believe. Yes, absolutely. Love it. What is, without sharing any personal information, I'd love you to share a case study of someone that you've worked with that is a business owner that has been in a position where they haven't got any wealth, and when I say wealth, besides the income that they've come, got coming into their business, uh, and what they did specifically to turn it around. Um, yeah, I'll give you the example of uh, a general contractor. Um you know, he was in construction and he had hired me. And this goes back many years ago. Um, he was earning a good living, but the money was coming in one hand. It was going out the other. And nothing was sticking. Um, and he was coachable. That, that I got to stress that because that is so important. It, it seemed like it didn't matter what I suggested he do. He just did it. And it didn't matter if I said, put a property up for sale or remodel this, or do a tax deferred exchange, or buy flowers for your wife. He just did it. And so one of the things I said was, I want you to pay yourself first. He said, I can't. By the time I pay for the materials and the subcontractors, and all, I don't have any money left over. Mm -hmm. 
I said, no, no, no. I, I didn't say leftover. Uh -huh. I said, pay yourself first. Now tell you what, could you set aside 1% of your gross revenue that comes in and deal with pay, paying the rest of your bills with 99%? Uh, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, so he started doing that. And the 1% went to 2%, went to 3%. Within six months, two things happened. One of them is he had $50,000 that he could do whatever he wanted with. And the second thing was, from the coaching and my suggestions about doing this, that, and the other, his net worth increased from when we met. It was good. It was 900000 mm -hmm. But And this is, I don't know, like 25 years ago. So- that was a lot of money. That was more than it is now. It grew to 1.5 million. He increased his net worth in six months. Wow. $600,000. Wow. In six months. That's super impressive. And had $50,000 in his savings. He could invest any way he wanted to. So it was just simple of saying, pay yourself first, you know, plus the other suggestions I made and he would just do it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So it's just what you've got a um a roadmap to help people. I'd love you to share what that is because if people have listened to this and they're like, "Oh my goodness, this is totally what I need to do," which I would have thought would be everyone that's listening. <laughs> we want the roadmap. We want the roadmap, Rennie. How do we get that? <laughs> uh, it's, it's simple. I mean, uh title of my book, website, pot, it's all wealth on any income dot com. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should have said that a little slower. Wealth on any income dot <laughs> com forward slash TEDx. They can hear my TEDx talk and they can get that roadmap. It's a nine step roadmap to what I call complete financial choice. People talk about financial freedom. They talk about having no debts. They talk about all this kind of stuff, but, or they talk about retirement. I, I don't like that word. Mm -hmm. Um, do you know what they do with a cow that can't produce milk anymore? I actually have no idea. They put it out to pasture to let it die. Do you know what the term for that process is? No. Retire the cow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I don't use the word retirement because I just don't like the idea of being put out to put pasture. Put out to die. Yeah. Waiting to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I trademarked the term complete financial choice. And the point of it is to have the money to choose to do whatever you want to do. So in my situation, I choose to continue working and donating the money from my business to charity. Uh, if I chose to travel, great. If I chose not to travel, fine. If I chose to um, donate my time, fine. If I chose to sit around and watch daytime TV with a torn t-shirt and a can of beer, I could do that. It. The point is, being able to choose whatever you want. So I call it complete financial choice. And the roadmap starts with finding out what the cause is of financial difficulties. What are the emotional blocks that people have toward money? And I got to tell you, Warren Buffett has a fabulous quote. He says, of the billionaires I have met, money just brings out the basic traits in them. If they were jerks before they had money, they were simply jerks with a billion dollars. Mm. And the opposite is the same. 
people who have a good heart, people who want to make an impact, people who care about other people, when they become wealthy, that just amplifies who they are and they can create more of an impact. Mm, Love that so much, so much. So definitely go and grab that roadmap so that you can have financial choice. And I love that. I've been using that term in a similar way because really freedom is just having the choice to do exactly what we want when we want. Exactly. It's, it's that simple. Um, can I I'll, put you on the spot again? Oh, you know, now <laughs> this is actually fun. Go on. <laughs> okay, great, great. Now, um, a lot of people think they need to pay off their uh, credit card debts or whatever debts that they have, car loans, mortgages, before they can work on creating uh, financial freedom or complete financial choice or investments, whatever you want to say. Let me ask you this question. If you had no debts, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying anything else you have, but if you had no debts, you had no credit card debts, no car loans, no mortgages, if you had no debt, would you have financial freedom? No. No. Why? Because you wouldn't, well, unless you've paid for all your investments, but there's no- That's right. I didn't say you had any investments. Um, so I'm guessing it's because there's no money coming in from what you own. Exactly. Which means even though you have no debts, unless you have assets to generate an income, you've still got to be working to buy food and pay mm. for utilities and everything else. So the fact that you have no debts is completely irrelevant. And when I hear people say, oh, I got to pay off my credit cards first before I can pay myself first or before I can start investing. That is such bad advice. And I hear it from other financial gurus. I hear it from accountants all the time. And it is horrible advice. When I was broke at age 50, I had credit card debts. I didn't focus on paying them. I focused on paying myself first. And the real estate investments several years later the income from that was great enough to not only pay down my credit cards, but to pay them off in full every single month, regardless of what I charged. Yeah. I actually have in my book, a graph that shows if someone just waits two years to pay, pay off $6,000 of credit card debt, Mm -hmm. that two year delay in investing down the road costs them two hundred thousand dollars in lost investment earnings wow so there's one reason why not to do it right there exactly so you know the reason i want to say that is because so many people say oh i gotta pay off my debts first oh i gotta it's just a roller coaster ride because once they get it paid off they don't have any money set aside to take care of an emergency the car breaks down it's back on the credit card and they go through this cycle over and over and over again And they end up at age 60, 65, 70, and they have no debt and they have nothing else. I love that. I love that. Definitely head over to wealthonandincome.com. Definitely jump on and grab that roadmap. Rennie, you shared so much valuable advice today that is going to help every single person that is listening to this episode. What is the one thing that you really, really want to drive home and have people walk away remembering and not just remembering, sharing? It would be the idea that wealth creation, business growth, uh, uh, investment, I don't care what it is. The success comes from a team effort, not a solo effort. Love that. 
So definitely if you've got value from this, please share it with someone in your life that you love and you want to pass on some freedom to them because I think that's super, super important. I also believe, and I know this is something you and I have talked about, is that when we all have freedom, the world will be a completely different place. The All of the anger of people that can't afford to pay their bills and the stress of, you know, relationships that aren't working because of money strain or not being able to do the things they want or spend the time with their children, if all of that can disappear, this world will be a completely different place. So this is such an important message and thank you for coming on to share this, Rennie. Oh, thank you, Samantha. Thank you so, so much for giving me the opportunity. Today's episode may be over, but let's continue the conversation. Head on over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook and connect with other entrepreneurs who are building and scaling their business too. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.